can you can you smell something? Oh, yeah. Smell sort of. That's lovely smell. It's mm. um, what what is that? Should you get up early and do some baking or something? No, no, I no, I've I've I'm I've been in bed. I've I've okay. Yeah, but like Should... it smells like someone. It smells like someone's made breakfast, right? Oh, I head down and find out what's what's going right. on. Okay, uh, okay, let's find uh-huh. out. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Who are you and why are you in our house? I'm Pancake Fairy. H- hi. Hello. I'm a pancake. Uh, the fluffy. I I I I do like pancakes, and that does explain the smell. Hmm. Pancake. Is there any reason why you pancake? I visit for pancake. Would you like pancake? Uh, yes, I would. Syrup. Yes, sir. Kazam. Oh, uh, okay. Is this mm. like a, I lost a like the adult version of I lost a tooth and there's a co- a coin? Like what? Why? Why? What? Pancake. Do you know what pancake? I I do want pancake. Okay. There's uh, pancake. Okay. Like stop. another pancake. Uh, um. When I finish this one, I okay. will start on this one. You want pancake? Uh. uh yeah. I'm. I'm up for pancake. Okay. Fluffy. Uh, one at a time and check this not fatal. No, it's, it's real, real maple syrup. Uh, okay. It's not, not a fakey one. It's a real syrup from Canada. Canada. Mmm, syrup. For your pancake. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. What do you want in your pancake? Uh, can I have ice cream and do you have some kind of vegan Nutella? Mmm, okay. Mm, I like a chocolate. Mm, that that looks really good. Thank 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 you so much. Um, can we do anything for you? Is there some kind of payment required? No, just pancake. You have okay. Bye. Well, pa- pancakes for breakfast. Yum. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans women have a bit of a silly time and catch up on the media we've consumed in the weeks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How you doing? I still have very sensitive hearing in the ear that previously couldn't hear. Yeah, I'm on... from no hearing to, ah, it hurts. Yeah, we're currently having the, the op- opposing issues to each other in that you have the oversensitive ear and I have uh, the ear that basically can't hear at the moment, mm-hmm. which is bad because it means I can't tell my own volume and I keep being like, oh no, I'm being louder than I think and hurting the sensitive ear. It's a bad combination. You are prone to projection. I'm prone to projection yeah. and when I can't hear... I can only regulate my own volume when I hear myself, and that's bad when one of my ears don't do. Yay! Yay! Ears doing weirdness. Ears. Ears, my dears. Weirdness. Eardness, indeed. Indeed. Well, shall we talk about some things we played this week? Let's talk about some things we played. What have you played? Oh, well, there's one thing I've mainly been playing, and I think it's the main thing you've been playing this week. It's the main thing we've both been playing. Mm -hmm. We've both gotten very into Vampire Survivors. It's a very good game. It's a very good game. Not bad Um, for £2.09. Yeah, yeah. If you (laughs) don't know anything about this game, if you have a PC and you play games on a a computer-type thing... 
probably you, don't need like a, partic- a road like yeah you probably <laughs> don't need a particularly good cpu but you will need some some ram for all of the fucking numbers going on numbers, on screen maybe up. um it's like two two pounds uh on steam and that's not Three like US not dollars. on sale or anything it's yep. just a very cheap game it's early access which i didn't realize uh, i mean there I is i think i'd got like 10 hours out of it before I was like, oh, it's, I, it's not even finished yet. Uh, there is already more than enough content to justify its price and then some. I'd have oh. happily paid more than I did for it. Um, oh. It is a roguelike kind of... It, it's it's a run-based game where you are trying to defeat waves of enemies coming in at you by creating a build. Uh, but the, the gimmick is that like all of your attacks happen on an automated timer. Oh. Um, and each attack... Uh, you only have a limited number of slots you can fill up with different attacks. Uh, you can level them all up, but they all at- they all attack in different ways. So you might have like glitter that shoots directly up and down, or a book that circles you and does damage, or garlic that does radiating damage at a distance, or um, a whip that goes left to right. Um, and all of them will sort of attack at a set frequency that gets quicker and more powerful as you level them up. And you just, you, during most of the game, you just run around with an analog stick positioning yourself so your attacks will hit things. Uh, you've got a, what is it, a 30 minute time limit on a level where if you have a build that is good enough that you survive half an hour, you're like, yep, you won, you won that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about trying to find synergies between your weapons and level things up and make a build that is so powerful that millions of things are pouring at you and everything is dying before it touches you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there is a level that I paid attention to how many enemies I defeated and I defeated 20,000 enemies in a level. Wow. Uh, it's just... It's a serotonin producer, right? It, it is the dopamine button. It's the dopamine button, but with no microtransactions. Oh, yeah. Which apparently is why it was made. The creator, um, I think, has ADHD or has su- some condition where, like, Hey, microtransactions are a problem, but I need the dopamine button. Mm-hmm. I want to make a cheap thing that you can just play and get the dopamine and there's no shitty monetization. Yep. It's interesting because I've been looking at the, the Steam community page for it, and it's full of people going, this game should be at least $5. This game should be more money than it is. Yeah, yeah. It is It is a really neat little game. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, 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 Progression path is basically trying to create builds that will earn you more money so you can get sort of passive upgrades that will always buff your characters for every future run, unlocking new characters, new stages. But generally it's just get a bunch of items and see what synergizes and try and make a build where everything pours at you across the screen and you're like, nothing can touch me. Mm-hmm. And be satisfied by the numbers and the sparkles. Numbers go up. Numbers go up, sparkle happen. Numbers big, go up, sparkle happen. Big effect, everything powerful. die. Well, most of the time everything die, but sometimes things not die, and then yeah. you struggle. Yeah. Uh, I think like the evolutions has been a, a big thing, hmm. although I have had to sort of make notes of what the evolutions are. Yeah, I've still yet to work out how to evolve some of the items. Like, Anyone I don't know how the garlic it? evolves yet. Huh. That was one of the first oh. ones I discovered. Oh, I don't get the heart upgrade very often because I, I take the Dark Souls route of if it never touches me, I don't need health. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and therefore I haven't really pumped in much into health. What's but, the other one? Um, oh, I'm trying to think what the other one is. Um, the, the the throne bottles of holy water. Oh, uh, it's the uh, Attract Orb. 
Ah, uh, that makes sense. Because basically yeah. they turn from random splashes into giant splashes puddles of like damage dealing AoE-ness mm. um, that sort of gravitate towards you. Yeah. So they'll splash randomly on the screen and then they'll draw in towards you. Ah. And so basically where you are will be protected or yeah. you will have routes to, to move. Yeah. Because especially late game when there's like so many enemies on screen and they're constantly pushing more on. Yeah. And it's like, I need a path so I can move and get to mm. health and stuff. Yeah. So the way this works is that your character has two rows of slots for upgrades. And I think it's... Six um, of each. Yeah, six each. Uh, you can have six uh, weapons that will do damage in various ways, and then six uh, augments, I guess you would call accessories. them. Accessories. Yeah, accessories. That'll be things like um, gain experience faster, have a bigger radius that you can pick up experience orbs in, um, have higher defense, uh, gain more gold in a run. Um, generate health. And certain... Like, you can up upgrade all of your weapons individually regularly so like let's say you've got the book that circles you and does damage at the start there'll be a single book and it'll do a couple of circles and then it'll vanish and there'll be a cooldown and then it will come back you level it up and it will start being like now you have multiple books and a shorter cooldown uh but if you've gotten the right accessory you level it up fully and then can evolve it into a new form which like for the book for example is now you have just a bunch of books and they're interspersed with flames and they never stop spinning, so you just have a constant circle of damage. Okay. The uh, whip gets... Uh, well, first the whip only does like straight in front of you. Then it does, then in, it front does and behind, in front and behind. Yeah. If you get enough level ups on it, you can make it do two flips, one back, one forward, one back, one forward. Yeah. But the second ones will be slightly above. And then you upgrade it all the way and it becomes vampiric, so it will steal health off of everything. Yes. Uh, which is really nice. Yes, and uh, there's a bunch of different characters you can unlock, and mainly what they do is they start with a specific uh, weapon, but also they will have slight tweaks to their build that better support that weapon. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, like I think the uh, the 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 circling book is one that I I was recently looking at. Like, what does starting with it do? And it stays out for longer and has a shorter cooldown. And it's like just little tweaks to the stats that will benefit that weapon particularly. Um, but yeah, it's just a very satisfying game about like if you if you've not you know nothing about this game and you're listening to this, go look up some like Google images pictures of it because you will just see like, oh, there's a character and a big circle where nothing's near them and thousands of enemies trying to get them that aren't getting into the circle. Chaos. Does that look satisfying to you? If so, it's like two quid. Go get it. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, tons of things to unlock. There's like extra characters to find within levels. There's items. There's ways that you can slowly start to remix the game itself with the yeah. Arcana. Yeah. You've got, uh, at the moment, there's what three, four main levels plus some yes. bonus levels. Then there's hyper mode, which yep. means you can do it like super fast. Yeah, so everything's happening twice as fast. Your attacks, the enemies, your movements, so you can like power through for, for grinding coins a bit faster. But like, hey, 15 minutes in, you're where the 30 minutes would have been. You want to keep going? Um, there is, like, yeah, there's a few different modifiers. It's just very satisfying. Mm. Yay. I very much recommend this game, particularly if you've got that ADHD brain that needs 
give me the serotonin button. Oh yeah, I'm I'm struggling not to play it more than I am to play it. Yeah, I was like, it's just I'll just do a quick run while I'm waiting for X, Y, or Z to happen. I I think it helps that there is a known maximum time limit on a run. Yeah, that there it's nice knowing like, do I have half an hour? At most, this will be half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that from runs of roguelikes having a predictable time investment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Vampire Survivor's real good. It's very good and well worth, more than worth the money. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's quickly becoming my most played thing since I've had the Steam Deck. Yeah, it's It's the first time I've really been like, yeah, I don't want to sit playing this up in the office, I want this little handheld. Mm -hmm. And there's more to come. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. What about you? What else have you been playing? Ooh, uh, not a lot, I'll be honest. Um, We played some more Xenoblade Chronicles, which we put down probably a year or more ago now. Something else came out and we were like, ooh, gotta jump on this while it's new, and then just, like, life happened and we didn't get back to it. But we were, like, a good chunk of the way in. We were, like... We watched an animatic uh, or, like, an animation of... The summarizing the plot, and we were just over halfway through that video. Yeah, granted, that doesn't mean we were halfway through the game. No, uh, the... because the next six hours were mostly yes. cutscenes. We got to the bit of the original Xenoblade Chronicles where it, uh, 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 a fuck ton of plot happens. Uh, there is a lot of plot. There are there are several seasons of a show worth of. Just yeah, like yeah, which is quite a place to jump back in after not I- engaging with that world for a while. Is like, yeah. hey, 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 everything's happening. We had like maybe an hour or two of sort of fairly normal, like combat, a little bit of plot. Yeah, went and saw a thing, a little bit of plot, and then like at one point you were like, okay, it's, I'll, I'll hand you back the controllers. Yeah, and you handed them to me, and then I did not do anything for about 45 minutes. Yeah. I ran down a path and back again. Yes. Uh, Sorry, I ran down a path, had a, like, five-minute cutscene, ran back again, and, like, immediately dumped into, what, nearly an hour and a half of cutscene? Yeah, so, in in reference to, like, where we'd gotten to, um, we, we were in the Machine City, and we'd gone to, like, the person who for most of the game had been presented like, aha, this is the person who's going to try and... Uh, like, this game's old enough, I think we can talk in spoiler terms. If, if any of you have played it, there's a point where a machine person starts controlling the big machine island and attacking the Bionis. Mm. Um, and the like, basically, oops, the war has begun, we're kind of fucked. And from that point, there is a lot of fucking narrative. Yes. This this series definitely got better as it went on at not just doing hours of cutscenes at you. The first game was very excited to be a cinematic game on the Wii when there were no cinematic games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so also like we slightly rearranged our squad um, based on a walkthrough because like that combat was really, really grindy. Like I loved our characters' choices. Yeah. But gosh, they were really, really grindy. Uh we we had two healers. Yeah, it's it it is it is a game where everyone sort of overlaps multiple roles they could spec into and it's unclear which one's meant to be their primary and what you're meant to use them for. It feels like there's two people that do like each task. Like you've got two main tanks, you've got 
your friend from the beginning yeah. and um, Dunman. Yeah. Then you've got uh, the girl with the big gun and yeah. uh, Ricky are both healers. And yeah. then you've got your main character and Fiora. Yes. Who are DP, sort of, yeah, DPS is sort of... But, like, each of them also is has a second thing they spec into. Like, the, um, the woman with the big gun, Sharla, she's a healer, but she's also a... Um, causing a bunch of status effects and doing defense for big incoming hits character. Like, mm. everyone's kind of dual-classed, and it's tricky at times to know what, like, you're meant to use them for. Yeah. So we flicked it around, and combat went from pretty much everything taking a couple of minutes and being really difficult to everything taking mm, about 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. And, and being... Which, which is helping us, like... We just want to cross it off the list and be like, we yeah. done it, we did it. Um, there is some, there is some really interesting narrative at the end of this, but we are having to slog through the a lot of people going, but what? We're 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 in real like deep, uh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> one attack is taking like six episodes territory with the plot pacing. Yeah. At the second. Yeah, lots of shouting at each other. Yeah. I I feel like we are in a relative sense very near the end. Yeah, so I mean, we've we've had some revelations about the main character and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I I think if we did one more like sit down on an afternoon and have a big session, we could probably finish it. Like another Saturday afternoon, we could probably have it cracked a out. Big but... sesh. Yeah. Mm. I still don't understand how this game is going to get to where Xenoblade Chronicles Two is, but. Oh, oh, there, there will be some, some explanation, and, like, once you get to the end of this, I will talk about how this connects with 2 and the theories about how that connects with 3. Right. Um, because Xenoblade Chronicles 3 seems to have the blades from Xenoblade 2, but also some of the stuff from Xenoblade 1 um, with, like, the, the, the magic stuff going on and ether, and... Maybe those worlds have collided in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that seems to be maybe what they're doing with Xenoblade 3, and I'm curious about that. Okay. So, sure. yeah. We, we are in we are in the grindy... Oh my god, I forgot how much plot was at the end of this. Hmm. Uh, what else have you played? Uh, I started playing a really interesting game called Revita. 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 <laughs> Uh, no, R-E-V-I-T-A. Uh, I've been playing it on Switch. Uh, I believe it's on other stuff. It might be on Game Pass. I might be wrong on this. I think I remember someone saying it was on Game Pass. Um, so the gist of the game is it is a roguelike that is a side-scrolling twin-stick shooter. Um, mm -hmm. You enter a room, enemies spawn, you shoot them, try and not take damage. Um, the big gimmick, and the thing that I find really interesting, is that you are constantly using your health as a resource. Um, so you know in, like, a Binding of Isaac or something, uh, a couple of times per, like, section, you'll find a room that has an upgrade. When you find those rooms in this, you can choose between... You'll probably, let's say, have, like, four or five different options of uh, weapons or upgrades you could choose to have. Mm -hmm. But the better the upgrade is the more hearts of damage you have to take to accept that mm. item. So you take one heart of damage to get a basic entry-level thing, you could take, like, five hearts of damage um, to take a big thing. And then between floors, if you want to upgrade the weapons you've got, you are giving up permanent heart containers, like you are lowering your max health. 
But there is a mechanic as well at the same time for raising your health and for restoring health as you go. Um, When you defeat enemies, you gain crystals and you can use them to refill your health. And if you've got maximum health and you pick up more of these crystals, you can start generating yourself new permanent heart containers. Uh, So it is a constant sort of back and forth of how much do I, of my health, do I spend on getting more upgrades so I'm more powerful and take less damage and get better at the run versus how often do I turn down weapons and upgrades in order to build my health back up before I start spending again. Um, It's a really interesting back and forth. Um, The pacing of it works really well. Um, I have maybe put like four hours into it so far narratively the game warns up front that like there are some heavy themes in the narrative um the start screen that warns about uh some of the themes mentions like uh mental health issues and suicide are themes that come up and i can sort of see where it's starting to go um it seems tastefully handled from what i've experienced so far but also yeah it's not gonna be for everyone uh, non-binary protagonist, which is really nice. Yay. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun twin-stick shooter roguelike that has a lot of really nice accessibility settings that include things like um, slowing down time at any point so you can sort of slow down gameplay. Um, really nice aim assist options, which you don't see much in 2D, particularly side-scrolly games. Um, not having to hold down the fire bullets button, just aiming will automatically fire where you're aiming. A uh, bunch of really nice stuff in there. It seems pretty neat. I want to put more time into it, but I'm enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you played anything else? Um, oh, we played uh, some Suburbia with the Five Star Expansion. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we got the hex- hexagons out and yeah. made a little city. This is the city building one. Um, yeah, so tell us about the, the Star expansion we played with. So, Suburbia is a city-building thing. You build a tower of tiles, some A's, some B's, some C's. You throw in some bonus missions that you... Uh, secrets. Yeah. Uh, throughout the game. There's a couple that are public knowledge that are... There's, there's a couple of yeah. public knowledge um, bonuses that you can work towards. Yeah. There's the secret bonuses that you have in your hand. And then... Uh, there are a couple of sort of random ones hidden in the, the tower itself. Uh, you draw them out, you pay f- for whatever building you're going to put down or whatever project you're working on, and you build out this little tableau in front of you uh, in, and increase things like the your population, which is your overall score for the end of the game, your income, which will yeah. help you buy more things each turn, and your uh, reputation, which is just a slow trickle of, of new people coming into the city. Yeah. Um... And the five-star expansion adds uh, basically a whole touristy aspect. Yeah. And um, by having more of these uh, buildings with stars on, you go further up a star track. Whoever is in the lead on the star track goes goes first on each turn. Yeah. And you get to a point where you are so far up the star track that no one else can actually yeah. like get onto your your space because they are limited. Uh, how many things can land on a space as you get towards the end. Yeah, it's it's one other thing to think about alongside the usual... Uh, usually you're trying to place your hexes, so like, 
oh, don't put uh, housing near the power plant because there'll be debuffs for that because no one wants to live near the power plant. Mm -hmm. But put lots of uh, the the museums near the restaurants because then that synergizes. Mm -hmm. So you're you're doing all that while also going. This place not might not work for the rest of my city, but it's a tourist hotspot and that will benefit me in these ways. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just one. It's a small additional thing to think about, and I think it adds nicely to the the flow of the game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got the, um, I was going to say the Collector's Edition, but it's not. We've actually got more than that. Um, I think we've got the complete Kickstarter Edition. We've got the box with basically everything. Literally everything? Literally everything. Yeah. The so lid we've... doesn't quite go all the way down. Yes, because we've got 15 extra st uh, starting mats. Yeah. Uh, we have, like, all of the colours of, like, if you want to... If you're someone who's picky about what colour you play as, you can probably find the exact shade you want to be in this game. Yeah, we, we have the, the excessive version of this game. But it is beautiful. Oh, it um, is. But at the same time, like, it's another game that's got game trays in it. Yeah. And as nice as they are, like, I feel like it, it loses something. I th and part of me is almost tempted to just rip the game trays out of there and arrange it in a different way. Yeah. Part of the problem with um, having all of the expansions is building a pool that you yeah. can t can can like put together. Like because maybe you want to put in an expansion, and one of the things is, hey, it would probably work out best if I took some of these things out of the the base game and swap them in directly for something similar from the expansion. Yeah. So there's still a, a an even spread of of things. But now they are more related to this particular expansion. Yeah. And it feels like the game might do well to just have in the box, here is my pool of A's, here is my pool of B's, here is my pool of C's that I have set up and and I think are good. And maybe like at some point I'll be like, hey, you know what? I want to change the pool and do something yeah. a bit different. But that would be like a, hey, I'm just going to take the game out and fuck around with it for a while rather yeah. than a, I want to set up and play this game. Yes. Because uh, it was like, what, half an hour for me to set up? Yeah. R right now, set up and tear down both are... They they feel like homework you have to do to be allowed to play the game. Yeah. Which is weird considering how simple of a game it is. It shouldn't be that much yeah. set up or tear down. And like, you can play the base game fairly quickly. But the point is, we have the super edition yeah so i want to get a chance to play it like the nightlife tiles are fun and funny there's yeah. like um because there's there's loads of like halloweeny themed stuff like werewolves and vampires oh. because they are nightlife yeah um the five star expansion had what a, a fake volcano oh yeah um, and i think you had like a haunt uh, you had some kind of haunted buildings as well yeah yeah i had like a whole like uh, horror movie-esque corner of my map going on and you had a little story to go with it yeah take the speed the ski lift up to the old haunted asylum oh yeah uh over by old jenkins farm oh <laughs> don't go that way Ooh. the old the old power plants that way they are oh, the people go there and don't come back don't come back <laughs> um yeah and it was you know it like it's a great game it's fun yeah. to play but i i think that like keeping it all separated probably isn't the best way yeah. to hey i want to play something other than the base game with friends like i wouldn't dare to try and play anything other than the base game yeah. as it stands right now 
if I wanted to introduce this game to people. Yes. Because I think if they saw me spending half an hour fucking about with tiles... It's going to make it seem intimidating. It's going to make yeah. it seem way more intimidating than it is, and it's such a simple fun yeah. game. Oh, we did play with one other thing. Uh, we played with the borders. We did play with the borders. Yeah, they're sort of uh, uniquely shaped um, pieces that ideally you want to have, like, out to the edges of your city because they're they're flat on one side. They don't sort of allow you to keep building off from them. But if you sort of plan ahead for them, they give you bonuses for like a whole strip of buildings fitting a certain criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, they both of us had that moment where we don't have a visual imagination. We tried to put a border down in a place and went, "That's not how shapes work." <laughs> both not. of us don't know how shapes work. <laughs> if the shape is over there and I need it to be here, I can't picture if it will go there. I ha- I had a thought and I apparently didn't think it through enough. I think both of us needed to do the thing of let's just pick this up and look at it in place and see whether it works how I think it does. And I was so sure I'd got it right. But so I was, was I. I did not have it That's correct. That's fine. We both have the same problem. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was the uh, those uh, border tiles. I think are from the uh, Suburbia Ink expansion. Mm. So yeah, we 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 threw some stuff in there and we had fun with it. And yeah, and I think you beat me by about twenty points. Yeah, it was a, it was a fairly close game. It was a nice mm. one there. Uh, also, I could tell we haven't played for a while because like both scores were under a hundred. And, like, there was a point when we were both, like, regularly scoring really high on that. Well, you know, you come back to a game after a while, you've got to re- relearn your, your stratagems. Also, you never know what tiles are going to come out of that tile, yeah. because even though you have a pool, that's not necessarily everything that went in there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's Suburbia, the continuing saga of having played some Suburbia. <laughs> uh, what about you? Are you playing anything else? Uh, the main other thing I've been playing is I've been slowly chipping away at replaying Disco Elysium. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been playing it on Twitch streams recently. Um, I'm nearing the end of the first day of the uh, the, the in-game narrative. Um, I've had some real good luck with my, my dumbass himbo of a detective. Um, for anyone who's never played Disco Elysium, it is a game set in a fictional sort of Eastern Europe-ish uh, nation... There, you wake up as a cop who cannot fucking remember who he is or what's going on or even what world you're in. You you have drunk yourself to oblivion. You are a blank slate. You don't even know who you are. Work out who you want to be and solve a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a really well written game. It takes a lot of cues from tabletop gaming, but it leans very heavily into genuinely being about like um ro- role playing a character and failure not being a fail state but a excuse for something interesting and different to branch the narrative mm. um like one of the things i i praised about that game the first time i played through it was that failing a skill check is rarely a dead end it's usually a well now i'm pressured to go try that suboptimal way of progressing that i was trying to avoid or now I see three minutes of a warbling karaoke song that's really bad as my reward for failing my my performance check. <laughs> um, here has been my first day on the beat as this uh, this this uh, detective so far. Um, I decided that I had a fancy, elaborate, ridiculous name because I did not know my actual name. I 
managed to successfully get a man out of a tree without shooting him in the face, which is good when you're trying to get evidence from the body. Shooting the body in the head's a bad way of getting evidence. Good. Yep. Um, I learnt communism. Yeah. I discovered communism. Uh, I needed I needed money to pay for the fact I trashed my room and hadn't paid my bar tab and hadn't paid for my room for several days. So I found a rich lady on a boat. I just asked her for money and... Uh, it definitely wasn't a bribe. Wink, wink. Question mark. I needed, I needed money, and I was like, "You seem rich. Pay for my room. I don't want to be homeless." Uh, I found a giant fridge shaped like a bear in the upstairs attic of a bookshop of a woman who thinks her bookshop is cursed. Uh, I hid, a, I hid the body of the murder victim in the fridge, so I had more time to investigate the body before it decomposed. That'll do. Yeah. Uh, Yep, she she ain't going up there. She thinks it's cursed. The the, the big bear's got a dead finding body in it right corpse, now. Finding a corpse in her fridge probably won't help. I mean, she's afraid to go up there. It's probably fine. We're only keeping her there overnight. It's fine. Um, I I got a like a little shitty angry teen to emotionally open up about secrets. Um, I wheelhouse kicked a uh, phrenology obsessed man in the face. Nice. Knocked knocked him the hell out. Um, I found out what my actual name is and was like, nah, that's not my fucking name. Fuck that. Nah. Uh, it's been a, it's been a chaotic first in, in game day. Sounds about right. It's, it's, it has been all over the place and it has been fun. Hurrah. Um, but yeah, dis- discovered the murder wasn't all, all that it seemed. Ooh. I like this game so much. How different is this to your previous playthroughs? It is very different. Largely in the ways I'm being forced to solve problems. Mm. Um, I'm a big believer that this game is at its most fun when you completely min-max your character. You pick a couple of stat traits to go fully all in on, and a couple of stat traits to give zero points to, and to Mm -hmm. be essentially impossible things to get through. And that will, by its very nature, sort of force you down certain paths. Um, My character has high empathy and high strength, low... Um, dexterity and intelligence. So any time that like part of the narrative would require me to understand something that's happening, ah, uh, that ain't happening. But I can people real good. I can work out what's up and and make uh, make people feel better and have them be like, oh yeah, I'll open up to you, you strange man. Um, but like, if I have to understand what it what it means that like the glass broke outwards, that means the thing was thrown from inside or outside. Basic shit like that, my character cannot work out. Mm. And like, one thing that I will never actually learn in this playthrough of the game that I did in a previous one, and my character is just too much of a dumbass to ever to ever comprehend this. The world of Disco Elysium has like some fascinating world building. Uh, about traversal around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like the one like majorly sci-fi element about the game. This is the void. Uh, yeah, it's called the Pale. I the think pale. all all of the land masses in the game are separated by this void where reality stops working as you travel through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is best described as like if you go deep enough into it, numbers don't work anymore. Like mm. fundamental aspects of reality start falling down. Yeah. And people have to like specially train to to cross this and like 
there's a limit to how many days of crossing it civilians can do and like people who travel it for work have to do special training to survive it for more days at a time mm. and like my, my my character's just like i i don't fundamentally understand basic words enough for you to tell me about this but unions hell yeah he understands unions and worker solidarity i'm like cool We'll, we'll follow those plot threads. You're a nice dumbass. Hurrah. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm playing the nice dumbass with big muscles and no brain. Head head empty, muscles big. Himbo. You're playing a himbo. I'm playing a himbo. I'm playing himbo. I'm playing himbo. <laughs> playing himbo who, whenever he gets an opportunity, goes, I really, I really don't like the idea that I was a cop before. Can we, can we, can I not be? No, How does Kim no. feel about that? Pardon? How does Kim feel about that? I mean, the, it depends how you bring it up because, like, there are opportunities where you can bring up like the grim realities of being a cop and like the uh, poor state of the system that allows a man with zero understanding of who he is or the world around him to be in power. And Kim will generally be like, "Yeah, that's a good fucking point." Like okay. Kim will be like, "Yeah, no, it is. It is a good point that if you don't, un if you don't know like what country you're in, you probably shouldn't have the right to point a gun at someone." That is fair. Yeah. So like, Kim, Kim's pretty interesting. He's pretty chill. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you played anything else this week? Uh, no, that's everything I've played. Uh, I think that's everything I've played this week, really. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Do you need help knowing if you're the villain or not in your life? Y yes Well, have I got the course for you. Advice for knowing if you're the villain. Right, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming along. Thank you for coming. Uh, I'm going to ask one simple question and you will know whether you are the villain here. Okay. Uh, imagine a cartoon bank robber with a big evil sack of stolen coins. Okay. A bad villain type. I have conceptualized that idea. They are doing the thing that you do. Does it seem evil? I mean, that person is probably also disappointing their parents, so... Probably, yes! <laughs> probably don't do it then. Okay! With this one simple trick, you two can know whether you are being the villain. I made it weird. Tired of your day-to-day? -day? Uh-huh. Filing reports, answering phones to thoroughly unpleasant customers, making money or barely see the tiniest fraction of a percent of? Uh-huh. Making poverty wages at your fourth job while being eight types of harassed by customers and colleagues alike? Oh, yes. Then why not try overthrowing capitalism? Oh. Do it. Uh, yes? Yes. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Oh, well, we've been watching more Adventure Time. We've watched a lot of Adventure Time. We're getting pretty deep. We're a good way, a chunk of the way into season seven. So we're over halfway through season seven? Yeah, so, like, season six is the one I want to talk about mostly, I think, <laughs> right now. Season six um, really stepped up a lot of the let's dig into characters' backstories and really flesh them out and sort of... If I didn't know that there were ten seasons, season six is the one where I'm like, it starts feeling like you're setting up the dominoes that will lead to the finale. Uh, it's where you start getting some of the like multi-episode arcs that aren't just a two-parter, but like... Uh, is season six the one that has... Um, stakes. Stakes. Yeah, stakes is a whole thing. Yep. Um, stakes is, is great. It is like it a... It's its own theme song. It's like a, what, six-episode-ish... 
mini, like, complete serial mini-story. Um, we've started getting, like, little bits of narrative that have, I think, pointed at this might be how an ending for certain characters could go, but there's a long road to get there. Like, particularly with um, the Ice King slash Simon and Betty... Mm-hmm. In particular, a lot of that started being dropped in season six, and like some of my hopes about how the Ice King story might eventually end. We've had some long-term changes yeah. to characters. Like obviously, we've had Betty. We've had what's happened to Betty. We've had Magic Man. We've had yeah. Normal Man. Uh, the death of Glob. Yeah, yeah. We we're starting to get a lot more like actual consequence shit going on, and a lot of stuff that feels like it could be final season of a show. Like, it it's starting to feel Im- like imminently close to a finale, but I know there's a lot more, and I'm fascinated how that's going to escalate. Yeah, you're starting to get also get more of the backstory. We've just had the element story, so we yeah. know about uh oh god, what's her name? The uh the ice elemental. Yeah, because like that answers a question I'd had a little bit in season six, which was I thought that I'd assumed up until season six that magic came about as a result of the Mushroom Wars. Mm -hmm. And then we got a few episodes in season six where there were people, particularly past incarnations of the the Elementals, using magic in a pre-Mushroom War world. Mm -hmm. And things like, oh, the Ice King's crown existed before the bombs fell. Like, um... And season seven has finally started to go like, Okay, let's talk about that. We had like Princess Bubblegum's little origin from dropping from the ceiling and Oh yes, falling from the mother gum. Yeah. Neddy, we learn about Neddy. Yeah. We we're starting to get We've heard yeah. we've also had some backstory mention about um when Princess Bubblegum built the Candy Kingdom. And yeah. like what that involved, like um basically paving over a river of toxic waste. Yep. Um, so that is running directly under the Candy Kingdom. Um, yeah. If season five felt like the season where they were trying to retcon a bunch of their own kind of gross or kind of uh, not great decisions from earlier seasons, season six feels like the season where they've gotten the retconning and the sort of past fixing out the way. And they can look forward to what can we do now that we've gotten these characters in interesting places. Like, in particular, everything to do with Simon has been, like, fascinating. Um, Particularly, like, the Simon and Betty stuff going on now about, like, oh, the bittersweet parallels between their stories right now are really interesting. Where the sources of magic are as well. Like, Betty's been researching that. Uh, I... I'm... The fact that it's all to do with pain and madness. I saw an, a season seven episode today about a hold, and I I teared up about a hold that had feelings. And my aunt sang beautiful song. Yeah. Ah, oh, Adventure Time's real good. It is. Adventure Time. Adventure. Adventure Time. Uh, I feel like more. Th- I want to compare it to something like Avatar The Last Airbender or Steven Universe, but possibly to a greater degree, in that, much like those two shows as comparison, the first season is very much generally light-hearted jokes 
occasionally there will be references to there being something bigger than this and something a bit darker than this, but it's largely paid off as, as humour. And then after season one, starting to make a trajectory towards something more serialised, more serious, with more interesting things to say. I would argue that Adventure Time took longer to get from that end of season one point to, oh yes, it feels like you're really committing to this being this other thing. Mm. And that's not to say there is not like bits of that and that it isn't good along the way, mm-hmm. but like the things that like right now I'm going, this is what I'm loving about Adventure Time, is buried kind of in there Mm. but i'm very much enjoying it and i'm i think it is fantastic and i think that if you're watching those early seasons and you get a few glimpses of like oh this episode was fantastic stick with it because the consistency of those kind of episodes really ramps of like really good episodes really ramps up i think Mm -hmm. it also gets a bit darker i feel it does, but, like, never overly bleak no. or needlessly bleak. No, I don't think so. Um, But, like, it goes from being this entirely whimsy-based... Yeah. Whatever will happen. It's about a boy who goes on adventures with his dog, who is magical, and uh, he picks up and discards swords at will. Yeah. And he, he only wants to kiss princesses. Yeah. And he- it goes from that to... There is a lot of heart, and there is huge amounts of backstory yeah, and like, world building. Like, and allow me to talk mild spoilers for a minute to talk about like a multi-episode split apart character arc that like has been happening, just to give a sense of the kind of weird interconnected ongoing narratives. Um, there was a god that existed outside of time that existed in an old man's dream. Uh that stopped existing and there was a whole story about like creating a weird time loop so someone else could dream him back into existence and in doing so a sword was made out of a living being's sentient soul uh, like uh, the the sword is alive it is conscious of of its old life and it's conscious of being a sword and it's connected to the other person yeah it's connected to the the other version of the self that isn't in the time loop and then it gets destroyed and then there's an episode about mourning the death of that's me from another timeline who I allowed to die, who is a sword. I'm I'm feeling grief and remorse, but also I'm staring at a sword. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it it's something it's something kind of special when it when it really hits its stride. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All the Simon stuff's the best though. Yeah. The Simon and Marceline shit's the best. There's also two things that I'm not even sure you spotted um, in earlier episodes. There are, as far as I'm aware, only two references to a, a character. Um, well, at one point, I think Finn was... It might have been coming out of the pillow world. Yeah. Uh, when he's flying through the blackness mm. and back to, the rea- back to reality. There is a sort of red creature that looks like it's made of crystal. Uh-huh. That sort of turned around and looked as he flew past, back to mm-hmm. reality. And that was the first time we saw that character. And it happened again recently. That character was named. Was this in the episode in the Rainicorn Dog, the Crystal Sandwich one? Uh, I can't remember if that was the episode. Yeah. This, ca- this character only ever appears in, like, complete blackness. Yeah. Um... And yeah, I was like, 
I don't know if you spotted this, but this is going on in the background as well. There's a lot of things happening in this show, and it is... There is no way of fucking knowing what's important and what's an incidental throwaway thing happening. I mean, I feel like... Weird comparison. So you remember I was playing that game, um, Rogue Tower, recently? The the tower defense game where you build the things out. So initially, things can splinter off. There can be lots of different splintered off. Towards the end of the game, it will wrap in such a way that... um, all of there are only enough uh, endpoints for mm. all of the the things you've made. So you will get to a point where instead of going, ah, there is an extendy bit here, mm. uh, it'll just go that that is now that's a portal. That's where these have been coming from the whole time. Mm. And eventually, it will wrap around, and all of those portals will be, will be visible. And I feel like Adventure Time does a lot of that. Lots of we're throwing stuff out, we're throwing yeah. stuff out. It might seem very random, we're throwing things out. There's new stuff along the way, and towards the end just going, let's put a ring fence around well, that. The thing is, I'm not going to beat myself up about missing things along the way while it's throwing oh, okay. a billion things that might be incidental at me. No, 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 no. I'm not but saying But it's one should. of those, if a thing later turns out to be important, sure, we'll dig out whatever episode they showed up in, mm-hmm. and I'll go, oh yeah, them. And yes. uh, work it out when it happens. It will... Flag these things up later. Okay, you, might not, yeah. you might not need to go back to the original references, but when when they become important, they will be like, "Hey, it's this thing." Yeah. Oops. Um, and then of course we will get to the end, and I am curious to see what state you will be in at that point. I'm invested. I'm heavily invested. I I'm sure it'll get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What about you? What do you watch this week? We definitely legitimately watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Wink. 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 Yeah. Uh that 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 Doctor Strange. Um That's not a Doctor Strange film, that's a Wonder film. That's a Scarlet Witch film that Doctor Strange is in. Oh I, kind I of. think you'll find it's an America Chavez film. Well, okay, yeah, I'll accept that this is an America <laughs> Chavez film. It's it's another doc- it's another thing where Doctor Strange is is a facilitating force for someone else's more interesting story. I would argue. <laughs> um, I I said this to you when we watched it. I feel about this the inverse of the way I do about the first Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. In that that film, I couldn't give a shit what the story was. I was just there for the cool visuals. Yes, this had less cool visuals. But I was a lot more invested in the plot because there was a lot more not Doctor Strange in the plot. Yes, and and weirdly, I spent, I I re- I remember finishing this film and for a while afterwards being like, but I wanted more cool fractal effects. I I agree, I I agree, but also I think it, to a certain degree, I'm not surprised there weren't more because this really wasn't Doctor Strange's fucking film. This no, was that is true. this was a film about America Chavez. And uh, Wanda, yep. and uh, w- Wanda's actor um, fucking kill- killed it in this, knocked it out of the park. Was clearly giving fucking a hundred and ten percent in every scene. Yeah, to to be like that, constantly emotional for that. However, <sighs> however much filming that was. Yeah, yeah. Like to, we're gonna try and stay spoiler light here. Um, she does a fantastic job of conflicted, emotionally distraught fury. 
that like is a difficult emotion to capture, let alone to consistently portray in a way that doesn't feel like it's spinning its wheels. Yeah. Like it 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 is one of my favorite examples of um a character who is convinced that they are right or maybe isn't even convinced that they're right but is far too committed to what they've chosen to do mm. to let themselves back down despite being terrified of their own escalation yeah it's it is a great performance yeah, yeah um uh i think she was great i am i'm glad that we actually got a decent amount of america because yeah. like i know she was cut out of uh gosh which one was it it was one of the Disney Plus shows that she was. Oh cut out. yes. Um, gosh, I've forgotten which one it was now. Yeah. She was supposed to be in one of them, and like, uh, I was like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of bit of an odd one. Um, I, I was, I was glad to see America. I was, um, I lo- I liked the visuals, especially yeah. the uh, falling through the multiverse scene. Yes, that was glorious. Oh, what's... And I, I kind of just want to watch that slow yeah. down and just really appreciate all of the different visual effects uh, there. What's the director's name on this? It Sam was... Raimi. It sure yeah. is a Sam Raimi this film. This is the most Sam Raimi a Sam Raimi film has ever Sam Raimi'd. And I think it's the, probably the most Sam Raimi a Sam Raimi film has been since Evil Dead 2. Yeah, so... Like heads up to anyone who's planning to see this, you know, with the with with the young kids. Yeah, this don't. film, this film is like a at times quite like grotesque. It's a little grotesque at times. It's a little like oh, that's that's technically not violent, but that's fucking terrifying to see. Horror comedy. Yeah, like technically fine. Um, yeah, there is there is a scene. <clears throat> yeah, I think I can say this without I... it being spoilers. There is a scene where basically someone gets cut in half. Yeah. And you see the thing that did the cutting, and there's like a drip of blood, and you see like a person's face, and then they sort of slide to one side. I, I think it's fair to say there is a moment where a head explodes without any blood or gore shown, but the way it's depicted is, I would say, more stomach churning than if there had been blood and viscera. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more horrifying. There, there's a couple of bits from the really it, gory. There's it, also the fact that, like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to say that. No, um, but uh, there, there are a, f- a few bits in, in, like, especially towards like the final third of that film, which are just like bloody hell. I. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm glad we're getting more mature stuff, yeah. but I wasn't expecting I, it from I, what I would consider one of the mainline... Yeah, MCU I would movies. expect it in, like, a spin-off-y thing. In a Deadpool or a yeah. Dark Avengers or something. Um, Here's how I would describe the horror tone of this. Um, You know how sometimes in children's animated shows aimed at a sort of 7 to 10 audience... You will get horror that gets very creative because it has to fit within the constraints of what can be shown to that age group. Um, And sometimes that ends up creating stuff that is more horrific than usual because of those constraints. Yes. That, that, but instead of trying to wedge it down to a 7 to 10 year old audience, you're trying to wedge it down to a 15, 
cinema age rating. Show a little bit of blood. It, it's like, how violent can I be without technically breaking the guidelines for a 15 rated film? Yes. And like, it's it's that same sense of, in some ways, you've made far more horrific things because you were getting creative and couldn't do like the blood and chunks. Hmm. And like, it's. But like it's it's funny with it sometimes. Yeah. There's there's one death I can't talk about that is fucking hilarious. Um But the fact that there are multiple deaths and they're all they're all given their own level of graphic. They're all intense in very different ways. It's not ooh, somebody received a blow of some kind and now oh. they have uh, they are lying on the ground. No. No, no. <laughs> Everyone ha every every time like Oh, someone kills someone. It is a memorable fucking event. It sure is a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. We know this because Bruce Campbell's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a film that fucking... Nothing I have to say about why this film is interesting is anything to do with Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, I, all I will say is that, like... They've they they clearly are aware of the fact that they've made a deeply unlikable character <laughs> and are trying to slowly claw that character back to a little less insufferable. I don't think they've done a lot of work on that, but they clearly they want that to be the case. Yeah, it it's weird how he's gone from like I am the hero of uh, the sto- the main character of the story to this I am a catalyst for the story happening around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed that kind of bad film. It's I, it's a beautiful mess. In, in ways I wasn't expecting, I enjoyed it. Um, for anyone who is interested, and I'm sure people probably are, because I've already seen people all over Twitter going, do I need to have watched everything else to understand this? Um, I don't think so. People will say you need to have watched a lot of things, but I think, honestly, WandaVision's the only thing you really need to have seen. Yeah, I think everything else is reasonably well captured. I'm probably the first Doctor Strange. Like, yeah, yeah, like, if you... I I would say it's kind of... It's kind of worth maybe knowing about Spider-Man, the most recent one, because that sets up sort of... That the multiverse is a thing and a little bit of how that sort of works. But like mainly go watch WandaVision and understand Wanda's emotional motivations. Yeah, because because it's a long way from Endgame to here. If you go into this not having seen WandaVision, Wanda's actions are probably going to seem a little bit of a dramatic escalation. Whereas I... Well, not only that, but, like, creepy as fuck in a a weird way. Like, in... Like, I I think it's been long enough to vaguely say WandaVision is more of a horror show than it initially lets on. Um, There are more, oh, that's kind of of terrifying if you think about it, things going on in there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an important midpoint before you see this film. Yes. And probably Endgame, I guess. Because you, I guess you would I mean, need to know about all. All you need to know from Endgame is Vision died. Yeah, Vi- and Vision, the, the, yeah, they were in a relationship together. Yeah, Wanda and Vision were dating. Vision died. Wanda was sad. Go Wanda watch Vision Wanda Vision, happened. then watch this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, it it is a mu- it was a much more interesting film than I expected for none of the reasons I expected. Yeah. Also, fuck Disney. Yeah, fuck Disney. Uh, yeah. Oh! 
Oh, we can mention that America Chavez has a uh, Progress Pride pin yeah. throughout the entire movie. I'm glad to know that the Progress Pride flag uh, transcends the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That good. Uh, what about you? Watched anything else? Uh, I uh, watched definitely legitimately cough cough wink wink. Uh, the Batman. Oh. The the recent Batman film. Oh. Because uh, I was just, I was real curious about some th- I'd had some people bugging me on Twitter about what do you think of blank thing? And you know, I'd had enough people Is there expecting- a trans character in it? No, but like- oh. I'd had <laughs> Usually enough- when people are bothering you right, on Twitter, it's, it's one that. It's one of that category of things. <laughs> but like, I'd had enough people bugging me like, what do you think of blank? Question mark, wink, wink, nudge, Is nudge. Is there an autistic character? Uh, there are people that have opinions about whether a character is meant to be autistic coded or not and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing if it is and I was expected to have opinions and I was like fuck it okay I'll watch it um I think it's one of the more interesting Batman uh, incarnations there has been it suffers from the problem that any Batman story about the Riddler inevitably falls into where a riddle is set up and Batman just instantly solves it with no effort because he's Batman. Um, But, like, it is, I would argue, one of the more... one of the the more well-done takes of the whole Batman is in many ways inspiring people to be villains by his actions kind of narrative. And I think it's one of the more interesting looks at um, the problems with Batman as a vigilante who's a privileged billionaire white boy who could just solve problems by, you know, funding public services. Like, this is explicitly a Batman who is multiple times in a row called out for the fact that he, this Bruce Wayne never puts any money into charitable causes or helping other people. And, like, he's doing nothing good with his money. Mm because he wants to play vigilante and like it's not a perfect film but it's nice to see a take that feels modern day enough to acknowledge that Mm. and to acknowledge like hey you're playing dress up and acting above the law and causing problems and you really could just give money to charity and help people that way um kind of interesting it's uh, it's a Batman film. It spends a lot of time needlessly spinning its wheels being a Batman film, doing stuff the Batman films have already done. But it's, it's not a bad film. It's it's Batman. Robert Pattinson does make a good Batman. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. He he plays a good... I'm a brooding... Uh, I'm a brooding, shitty teenager who's decided that I am right and... I cannot be wrong and my judgment is perfect and I have a lot of money and some violence to get out of me, mm. which is a bad mix, but it's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? You watched anything else? No, that's it. Uh, the only other thing I've watched and it's, as we'll get to in the listen, it's because I'm still deep in the My Chemical Romance uh, obsession hole. Uh, I watched an interesting little half an hour video documentary on YouTube on the Evan Rogers channel uh, called The My Chemical Romance Iceberg Explained. Um, I will warn in advance the mic quality isn't great and if that's going to be a sensory problem for you, 
bear that in mind. Uh, I had to wait. Uh, I had to wait until I was at the right point to listen to it. It is a lovely, interesting little breakdown of starting at like, hey, pretty commonly, but you might not know it, My Chemical Romance uh, discussion points, all the way down to um, very obscure uh, depths of the internet stuff. Um, and I here's all I will say about it. There are two main takeaways I had. Um, and now I know which My Chemical Romance song is about sucking dick for cocaine. And uh, did you know a thing that I can never unknow now? That there is a Woody Woodpecker cameo in the song Dead. I did not know that. So here's a thing people <clears throat> have pointed out on the internet. And if you listen to them side to side, I can't unhear it. It's stuck in my head now. You know Woody Woody Woodpecker's hair? <laughs> yeah, there is a guitar riff in Dead, the... Um, yeah, that is that laugh as a guitar riff that shows up in Dead. Kind of. You play them side by side, they're, they're a lot more fucking identical than you realise. Uh, it is... I can't unhear it now, and it's kind of amusing. So, it's a, an interesting half hour of digging into weird, obscure MCR stuff. I found out a thing I, I never knew. Um, like, the, I was genuinely surprised to find a thing that like had never come across my radar before. There is a My Chemical Romance song that there are no recordings of in the world. Um that they only played at like two or three live shows when they were first playing. The only record of it that exists are there are lyric uh, write-ups of it and the lyrics to it exist, but no one seems to be able to describe what it sounded like and there's just lyrics to a lost MCR song just floating around. Um, and it, the lyrics are really interesting. Mm. It's pretty neat. I was like, yay, you found an obscure MCR fact I'd never known. Now I know it. Yay. Oh heck. Um, that's everything I've watched this week. Well, I'm glad oh, that this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you need a name for a shop? Uh, or no. a restaurant? Well, no, but I might in the future, you know. We'll but... come on down to the pun title warehouse and we'll force a pun awkwardly into the business name that you need that name for right now. Aha! Uh -huh. Do you want to start a pizza restaurant but don't know what to call it? Oh, what it's, would you suggest? Uh, well, how about a pizza the action? Oh, oh, okay, okay, I see one here. Uh, I want to start a hairdresser's. Yeah. Uh, what about a cut above? Oh! Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I bet no one's thought of that Not one. Not even once. Uh. I see also the alternative was curl up and die, which I think is... Uh... I mean, that one genuinely might have some SEO <laughs> potential. <laughs> I don't think it does. I think that exists in, like, 900 places. Really? I knew a cut above did, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely seen at least two curl up and dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's genuinely great. <laughs> uh. Uh, what if you needed a shop that sells uh, pies, and maybe you put a crudely drawn uh, James Bond in the window? Pie another day! <laughs> what if you wanted to start like a Home Depot, like a hardware type thing? Hammer it home! Ha! What if you want to start a shop that uh, sells fishing gear, but also rugby gear? It could be bait and tackle! <laughs> <laughs> What if there was a shop that sold both Lego and French fries? 
It could be a chip off the old block. <laughs> okay, okay. What if I want to start a shop that sounds golfing equipment, but also repairs uh, holes that you have in your clothing? Right. Is that uh, hole in one? Hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the new bras? It might be. <laughs> I'm having fun now we're here. Hey! <laughs> um, what if I want to start a shop that helps you um, locate computers that have gone missing? 404, computer not found. <laughs> Do you need a shop <laughs> that sells both sexy lingerie yeah. and uh, watercraft? Right. You could call it canoodling. <laughs> ah, well, if we want more uh, pun-related business names, uh, where can we find our sponsor? Head on down to titlepunwarehouse.lol.net and enter the code... QNPS211, and you too could get a shameless pun that I have a feeling we're probably going to be running through some like, more. We don't usually have recurrent sponsors on this show, but I'd be very happy for this company if to sponsor us again. they wanted to come back at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, enter the code QNPS211 and get 10% off your first 10 ridiculous pun shop names. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, people are still talking about abuse. What? I know, right? People still waffling on blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And also, like, abuse, blah, blah, blah. We got the NDAs. We got the, uh, the NRA. We got the... (laughs) Oh, that we do. We got the, uh, NOAH... Uh, I don't know. We We got got a bunch of letters. We got a bunch of letters. So... Throw them at the problem. <laughs> well, see, I got, I got a, I, I've been working on a new theory of how we can uh, deal with this problem. Super glue. N- we n- crazy glue them completely. Yeah. No. Well, that wasn't my problem, but I mean, my my solution to the problem. But right. uh, I mean, I guess we could try that if this fails. So okay. uh, here's here's what I'm working what again? on. Uh, we state that every allegation of abuse was. From before we started. Right. No abuse has happened since we started. It was all in the before time. In the before time. Also, like, we've rebranded several times. Well, exactly. We just go like, it wasn't us. It was whoever was here before. They were bad and they're gone. We're here now. Nothing bad has ever happened since we've been here. Yeah, I mean, we're always getting rid of staff. They don't know that it was anything to do with us. It well, was probably one of those people that we fired yeah. already. I, I will note, and this in theory could be a problem, but I don't think it'll be a problem. Right. A lot of the allegations have, like, dates attached to when they happened, and it is public knowledge when we joined, and... Right. If anyone who, you know, plays video games stopped and looked at the dates, they would very easily see that a lot of the abuse happened while we were in charge. Right. So we keep releasing games and stop them ever looking up from their consoles. I mean, yes. But I mean, I think even if we didn't release games, basic research uh, against a claim and looking up where the claim is factual just isn't really a thing on the internet as best I can see. Like, gamers don't research shit. That's, That's good. That's good. But, you know, how about this? We'll just... Get someone smart about computer stuff, and we'll get them on the internet, and they can just distribute lots of fake information. Oh, yeah. How about this? How about this? Yeah. 
we get someone to just keep updating Wikipedia, yeah. uh, you know, they'll they'll roll it back because, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's got to be accurate. But, like, you know, we'll just put them behind a bunch of uh, VPNs, keep changing where their location yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. Just have them keep changing it to say that we started on a date and the, the allegations happened before it. Yeah. You are a fucking genius. I know. So... What have you put in your ears? I've, I've, I've just been listening to more My Chemical Romance. That is all I've been listening to. It's all that fills my brain at the moment. I am in the. I'm deep in the rabbit hole. I'm deep in the rabbit hole. I have been listening to their entire discography, basically start to finish. Um, I have been down the rabbit hole and listening to a bunch of the B sides and stuff I haven't listened to in ages. Um, I forgot. How much I like the track Surrender the Night off uh, Conventional Weapons. It's really good. I've been going through listening to the albums in order, which I haven't done in a while, listening to them as complete albums. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of My Chemical Romance. Yay! Yeah. I'm seeing them real soon. Soon. That is, my brain, nothing else exists in my brain right now other than... I'm going to see MCR next week. Hell yeah. That is my entire brain right now. Mm. What about you? What do you listen to? Oh, mine is not much more extensive than that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> do you know the channel Loading Ready Run? I do. Do you know that a lot of their music is basically Sid slash Commodore style yeah. chip tune? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I have been listening to their Loading Time episodes, mm. usually the Loading Time Digests, which like... 20 to 40 minutes hmm. of behind the scenes of them filming skits or going to conventions or whatever. Yeah. But it's almost entirely overlaid with chiptune. So I've just been putting it on the background and listening to lots of lovely, lovely chiptunes. And Neat. getting an idea for how I can make my own chiptunes. Yeah. And that That's kind of it. It's sure. been a very listen-like week for us. Well, I mean, we've yeah. been listening to a lot of things, but I couldn't tell you the names of any of the tracks. I mean... And you've been listening to... In, uh, discog yeah, I, I could tell you what I've been listening to. Go look, Google My Comker Romance discography and read the list. Yeah, listen to it's, all of those songs. It's a big, it's a big list. Mm -hmm. there's, a lot, there's a lot of tracks there. Gee. Ah. Uh, well then. <gasps> time for this. Hi, welcome to Billionaire Daycare. I want the Twitty Birds. I want the Twitty Birds. Give me the Twitty Birds. I want them. No, no, Elon, what have we told you? No, no, no. Go and play with the bricks and the car. I want the Twitty Birds. I drew a picture and there's an edit button now, so it's mine because I drew a picture. See, it's just mine. I drew on it. No, Elon, that's not how that works. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, put... Put it back. Put it back. You have to share some with everyone else. And stop putting pudding everywhere. Bill Gates, you get down off that tower of chairs this instant. No, you... No, you're not in charge. You're not in charge. Also, you didn't make that computer. Put it down. Put it back. Go and sit in the corner. No pudding for any of you. Any of you. Any of you. Bill billionaire daycare. We look after them and we stop them getting into the outside world because they shouldn't just be allowed to throw bloody pudding at everything. Uh, also, they have, they have to pay for this service. We, we, they, they pay us and we just, we actually trickle down that part of the economy into the economy. So, you know, the world has some money and not just these three dickheads.
a Unero spicy. Yes. Do you have shit like everywhere? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Does it actually have places that it should be? Yes, but I'm feeling very cold out here. Try schmagnets. What's schmagnets? You put them on the stuff, you put the other end of the magnet in the place where it's supposed to be, and then you hit a button, and it just magnetically flies back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah, hmm, yes. But what But what if it needs to not be where it's meant to be right now for reasons I can't articulate, you don't, see? Don't, don't press the button. But they have a place and they should be there and there's a button I'm supposed to press. Ah! No, there's a button you can press. You know, there's, a button. there's no rules. You choose this, or you choose not to do this. It's up to you. <laughs> oh no, so much pressure. Ah! It's okay. I've lost the button. Oh no, where's the I'm button meant to go? Did we put a schmagnet to bring the schmagnet button back? <laughs> I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Schmagnets! Seemed like a good idea at the time. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you, uh, how are you doing? Oh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I exist in the world of 2022. That is uh, continually the state of being, right? Uh, At least until December, yeah. That, that, that is true. Uh, you, uh, you've been up to much? Oh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been thinking a bit about, uh, about disability and now it's uh, oh, yeah. a bit of a thing that's in, uh, it can be in flux sometimes. It's not, not am, always a static yeah. thing, right? Yep. Can confirm I'm experiencing that right now. As am I, as am I. I am uh, currently experiencing my about a once a year. Uh, just, all me, all me hearing's gone on one side. It just all happens, you know. Comes back, but you know, comes and goes. Yeah, yeah I've you know I've spent most of my life deaf in one ear, so you know I know roughly what that's like. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's an odd one, mate. You uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting how you know things aren't always you know static, you know. Yeah, and the other, I suppose it goes for other disabilities as well. You know, some people sometimes, you know, someone who uh, is very very low energy might have a day where they they have just a few more spoons and you know exactly. a bit more bit more strength, but that is not necessarily going to be uh, a consistent thing necessarily. Yeah. You know, it, that that could also mean that they actually overstretch themselves that day and that's going to be potentially weeks of, of recovery. Yeah. Well, I've, I've known people with chronic pain conditions where they'll sometimes go a few days or even a few weeks sometimes where their brain just has managed to tune out the chronic pain and it's just yeah. not there. And it's still probably happening, but their brain has worked out to tune it out and then it comes back and it's like, oh yeah, that my body didn't stop having the thing going on. I just sort of tuned it out for a bit. And like, I was thinking about the fact that like, too often when we talk about disabilities, we talk about them like they are uh, permanent static things. But like, I think the really obvious example to talk about is like uh, broken bones. Broken bones are yeah. often a uh, a very good example of a temporary disability. Yeah. Where, uh, they fit all the criteria of how one would describe a disability. But, you know, they generally have a sort of time frame in which they will heal to some degree and the impact they have will go away. And like... You see this to greater or lesser degrees, basically all across the spectrum of disability. That like, just because you've got a friend who could or couldn't do something yesterday, if you know if that's flipped today, it doesn't mean they were faking yesterday or they're faking today. It just means that disability is a thing that can be in flux, and you just got you just got to go with the fact that people's needs and abilities sometimes change over time. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, and I think it's it's 
it's made mostly, I think, uh, how a, a lot of abled people look at the world. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, I'm not disabled. I don't have to deal with the thing. And, you know, that's that's an other people thing. And also, uh, uh, able people generally don't like to think of themselves as being fragile in a way that might mean that tomorrow that could be you. Exactly, exactly. Um I think the other thing is you see a lot of it in, uh, particularly around uh, wheelchair users, you see the people going, well, you use a wheelchair all the time, but I saw you stand up briefly, so you're faking. It's like, no, people's needs change, and sometimes people need something for most yeah, of a day, yeah. but not all of it. And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, if you're going to have support, you should only get it if you are uh, quote unquote disabled all the time. And like, yeah. It, it, it just completely washes over the nuances and complexity of, you know, what disabilities are in the real world, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't help that a lot of uh, language used by able people is just wrong. You know, are you know, terms like, uh, oh, confined to a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, no, that's that's not the case. Yeah, you see it a lot with stuff like, um, you see it a lot in, in discussions of uh, autistic people, like the... Uh, well, you could do that sensory thing yesterday, but today it's causing you problems, therefore you must be faking it today. It's like, no, sometimes needs differ on a day-to-day basis based on a bunch of complicated and hard-to-nail-down factors. Yeah, it's, there's, there's no algorithm for how what state I'm going to be in. Yes, yesterday I was able to do uh, hours of social with with other people. I was able to be at a loud venue listening to loud music. Today I would quite like to sit in a dark room with a heavy blanket on me. Exactly, and like, I think a lot of it unfortunately comes from like particularly like the nineties and two thousands um, uh, benefit fraud scares and the idea that there are people who are faking disability for benefit and well, it didn't help that you know lots of there there were all sorts of uh, documentary shock documentaries yeah about oh yeah look look at this person they've they've scammed us and they use a wheelchair but here's a photo of them on a water slide clearly a faker. Like shit, like that. That's like yeah, it's uh, yeah. There, there was a whole period of of shows and things like that that were clearly designed to demonise, uh, you know, disabled people or, or sensationalise it. And then, of course, you've got the whole uh, idea of uh, inspiration porn. Oh, that yeah. is the, obviously the opposite end of that. And you know, why well, well, you're not trying hard enough? That person ran a marathon. Yeah, it's. Disability is complicated. It's all too often, all too often, boxed too much into being one solid static thing. Are you trying to say that, the, that certain people like to put things in a binary? Oh, oh, oh I would. I'll oh, never dare. Well, how about binary between not a hug and now a hug, perhaps? I, I don't know how you have a binary between those two things. Would you like a hug? Would you like? Yeah, I like yeah. a hug, mate. Yeah. 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 Ah, see now I'm, I'm now on the spectrum of side hug <laughs> ah I suppose you were, we were in a hug but also not in a hug that yeah, is yeah. indeed a non-binary state of being yeah exactly yeah. we move slightly further apart could we be, still be said to be hugging if one person has the arm around the other I mean uh, there's, there's a whole spectrum between full hug and no hug yeah at which point are you just holding hands <laughs> At which point have you, uh, you know, full chest to chest hug? Yeah. You know, we're, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Hugging doesn't have to be a binary. Nothing should be a binary. No binary. <laughs> Take uh, that. The that's Bazzi a cuffer. Yeah, I'd love a cuffer. Yeah. I'd offer one there, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. So Laura? What book would that be, Jane? That would be unbound.com slash book slash whale. That's Who Hunts the Whale. It's a book what we wrote. Yeah. It's based on the adventures of Supremacy Software and all of their bullshit. Yeah. From the perspective of someone who is basically a PA to the board. Yeah. And has to sit in on all of those inside the boardroom skits. Yeah. And make notes about them and not say anything, which is why you never hear them in the skits. Ah. Ah. Um, yeah. Uh, and and that's that that's coming out real yeah. soon, I guess. Yeah, you can pre-order it. You can get it with various uh, reward tiers. Uh, we are waiting to get it sent back to us for us to make more edits, and the then final pretty much edits. Uh, yeah, because it's we've we'll, it's we... this run, and then it's crossing the T's and dotting the I's, and then it's just all of the things that have to happen to make a manuscript into a finished book. Yep. Which, you know, Our bit will, is nearly done. It will take a number of months to do those steps and get it into people's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be it'll be here before you know it, that it'll be in your hands. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh. Well, I say I'm excited. When I when it's first in my hands, what that's gonna mean is I'm gonna have to sign several hundred copies. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to sign several hundred copies. Well, We'll put some, some trash TV on and we'll just sit and sign together. <laughs> Work through Adventure Time again. I mean, I'd be up for that. It's good background noise. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but tell us about a different book. A book that is for children and a book that is about dysphoria oh, monsters me, and, and me. Me, you know me, me, and, like me. me and my dysphoria monster is a children's book. It's coming out on August 18th. Uh, that is like three months away now. That is imminently arriving. It's the book of the summer. Everyone's loving it. Go go check it out wherever books are pre-orderable. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Just search Laura K. Buzz. You'll find all the things I do. You find them find them out on the internet. What about you? Me, I can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can get links to my t-shirt store and my website. And you can hear music, what I made, and do all the podcasts and stuff that I made. And yeah, you know, all of those good things over over there. The most important one, of course, is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. That's the one that helps me pay my bills. And for as little as $1 a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week and, and the constant exhaustion and the brain fuzz constantly. Um, yeah, validate me if, if, if you want, if you can. If you can't, maybe share. Sharing is always appreciated. Thank you very much to all the people who already support me. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you people for listening. Uh, so, Laura? Yeah? Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.